Today's episode is brought to you by The Northman, an action-filled epic from visionary director Robert Eggers with an all-star cast that includes Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, Ethan Hawke, Bjork, and Willem Dafoe. Witness the rise of The Northman as he discovers that fate has no mercy. The Northman is only in theaters April 22nd. Visit thenorthmanfilm.com to learn more. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite video games? Like, how were they made and why were they designed a certain way? All of us as a team just are talking about video games. And so, what can we do to fix The Life and Times of Video Games has the answers to all of this and more. Packaged in half-hour audio documentaries that take you back to the past and loop you into the present. My name is Richard Moss. I'm a games historian and a journalist. And I hope you'll join me on my voyages through video game history. Find out more at lifeandtimes.games. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? How are you doing? Welcome to Weekly Games Chat. This is episode 350. And if you go, what in the what is Weekly Games Chat? Well, let me tell you, it is the greatest podcast in the world about video games. And it comes to you weekly. My name is Sean. Uh, I am not alone, and I will soon introduce two of my favorite people. Uh, honest, honest to goodness truth right there. Uh, but first, let me remind you that if you're not watching us on twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat, why are you not? And those of you who are, hi, we see you in the chat. And if if our head boy uh, continues to tell us that we're running late, uh, you know, he's going to have to get mods banned, that guy. But anyway, John, Done. welcome to the show. You're looking quite handsome. It's good to see you, my friend. Did you do something to your... I don't know. My shirt? Yeah, this is red. <laughs> no, your setup. Like, it looks wider or something. It looks good. I, I, I zoomed in or out. I can't remember what I did. <laughs> in but, and out. But I uh, yeah. I did I did an update. Uh, the, the camera did an update a couple of weeks ago, and it seemed to maybe correct the problem. But um, because I could see every hair follicle on Chris's beard, it sort of makes me dissatisfied with the camera I currently have. So screw you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And of course, he just said screw you to Chris. And we all know. Oh, um, is he here? Oh, he's, hey, Chris. He, oh, he, he, was, he may be tinkering with things, you know. He's an excellent. Uh, what do you do, Chris? I'm kidding. Chris is awesome. He's everything. He's he's all the things. Chris, welcome to the show officially, my friend. Rocking a hat and everything. Yeah, I'm more pissed off at myself right now because apparently I started our recording at the three-minute mark for some stupid reason. So I got to remember to move the file. Yeah, you might want to tighten that up a little bit. There was a little uh, pre-show action going on. It so, was, uh, no, it's from earlier in the day. I was doing a lot of uh, pro tinkering oh, earlier today. Oh, my God. You were just tinkering. Just tinkering. Just Someone's tinkering got to tinker. 
Oh my goodness. But uh once again to everybody, a big a big hello and welcome. This is the part of the show we call it, you know, quite simply. Is this think about how simple our podcast name is. This is how simple we call this segment. The intro. <laughs> We're not really going for complicated we, yeah. names. We really never we, have. And if you're like, well, what is what do they do in the intro? Well, since the last time we talked, we kind of bring you up on things, you know? Uh, and we all, we all like being, you know, caught up on things. Uh, what I'll do now is I'm going to put the floor onto one of my friends. Cause I don't want to go first. Uh, I want to know why John cannot platinum re eight and re eight of course is resident evil eight. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, I could be playing some other games. That's true. That's very true. But I need to get this platinum trophy on Resident Evil 8. I'm one trophy away. One. And that is I have to get an S rank on every Ooh. on every level in the mercenaries mode. Wow. So I've done I've got an S rank on every single one of them. Let me tell you yeah. something. <laughs> so the the four stages are it's divided up. At first it was four stages where it was um it was the village, the castle, the factory, and then the mad village where it's it, it you go through different ele- levels of the mad village and that and that mercenaries mode ends with the very final boss and you, you you know you have to get a certain score on everyone to get a certain rank so you do that score to by maintaining as much ammo as you can you keep up that score by getting kill combos meaning you have around 10 seconds between killing uh killing an enemy to maintain that combo keep it going um, once that 10 seconds goes out, it starts back to, to, to one. So I'm in, I've gotten an S rank. Some I've got triple S ranks. I don't know how I did that, but I did. I've got, so as soon as I got the factory, as soon as I got the mad village done, I thought, Oh, the trophy's about to pop, but then it unlocks a complete new set. <laughs> it's the same areas, but it's, it's, uh, it's the village two, the castle two the factory two and the mad village two where your health is lower. The enemies are harder to take down. <laughs> no New game sir. plus. And so the one, the one I have left to do is the factory and these, and, and it's like, it's like a beast of a mode where there's a combination of, of lichens um, and these mechanical monsters that you have to explode their armor before you can start shooting them with a gun. All I have really as my primary weapon is that, basic pistol you get at the bit in the beginning of the game so in order to get an s rank <laughs> i've got to get like five hundred and forty five thousand points last night i got four hundred and eighty nine thousand points and got an uh, an a rank guys you're close i can't this is i i was like i was laying in bed and i couldn't sleep and i said honey you're gonna laugh at me she goes what why couldn't you sleep because I was, I was, I said, I was going through the entire factory in my head going, if I put a landmine down here, I might save six bullets. If I put a, you know, if I do all this, if I, did I pick, yes. is there something I'm missing? Did I pick up? I missed a landmine last time. I'm going through the, I have it memorized in my brain. I right. know every nook and cranny of that place. Um, but it's killing me. I'm having nightmares about it. I'm having anxiety about it. <laughs> He's like, all I'm I got, this platinum so all I bad. Do, all I got to look, I have, I have beaten this game 
with only using a knife as my weapon. I mean, that's one of the trophies in this game. This has that's been pretty tough. awesome. Is this, this a is Rambo? A, this, is a trophy, this is a trophy that Chris is not good enough to get. So, because <laughs> there's no, there's, you know, there's no easy mode. Well, but, we have uh, a friend who says if you just, if you just beat the game, the story of a game like the, the developer made for you, mm-hmm. if you just beat that, you're not beating the game. Like you have not even halfway beat the game. So you're going to get respect from this person. If you I do know this. who that is. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes no sense. Chris, do you have something, man? I saw your hand going up. Were you going to say the same thing? No. Oh, no. Hopefully, hopefully next week I, I can come back and say, Hey, I did it. But so when you start saying these things in bed, does she lean over to a drawer and just take out divorce papers and look at you? And that's when you <laughs> no. realize. No, I don't say them. No, she's don't probably like them. putting puzzles together and reading books and stuff. He's fine. <laughs> she's no, like, she's, she's, she's John's like, sleep, John's but, okay, I'll move on to another game. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, I don't say it out loud, but I, my brain is playing the game. Yeah. And I'm actually watching the YouTube video going, I bet. how'd you get an S rank? In- <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the so factory. Like, I, I, I was thinking of maybe going to Chris next, but I can't not because I have to directly compare uh, your experience with the game. You trying to platinum to a game that I, I beat. Uh, and of course this is kind of, if you were a fan of this show, uh, you may not be expecting this, but if you follow our Twitter page, you definitely saw it. Yeah, I beat uh, Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, so it can't be that this definitely wasn't your most. Uh, I, I, we need to go in the archives, <laughs> right? Because if you if you remember the history, 2017's. You guys, correct me if I veer off and I don't have wrong stuff here. That was my most anticipated game, Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I ended up beating it in like 2021. Wow. Yeah. Or 2020, somewhere around there. Something like that. Like and we did that this game. <laughs> I think we did that like episode, the most anticipated. I think it might have been like third on John's list. Yeah. It wasn't even in my top five, I think. But Sean, number one. Number one. I couldn't wait to play it. And then got it, never opened it. Fast forward. I'm the first one to platinum it. John platinums it like right afterwards. Sean silence for two years we're playing it no and you know what's funny i ended up on that game horizon zero dawn uh i decided to stream it i was like picking it back up getting ready to go and uh i I speak it was i was right at the end like literally the final battle didn't even know it but this game um it, it came out right before elden ring so i my my plan was play this game a little bit jump in the elden ring i just knew i was gonna have a great time on elden ring right just knew it it's open world it's gonna be great turns out it's still it's it's still hard af if you play that game you're amazing if you beat that game you're a god because f that game (laughs) that's me so i did that yeah so the way it kind of worked chris went on the elden ring he played horizon forbidden west a little bit he goes to Elden Ring. I hop in there with him, you know, my little potato sack. Remember that game at school? Hopped in there with him. And uh, I quickly was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. This is too, uh-uh. <laughs> so I, I hop back to Forbidden West and, uh, yeah, I beat it. it. The story, to me, was pretty cool. So pretty the fantastic. ending snuck up on you? Technically, no, because I, I kind of knew I was getting to the end. Okay. Um, and there is it it does a really good thing. This is just a heads up to you guys. Uh if you get to the end of the game and you don't know if you're geared or not, 
She's going to look at you. It's going to be a still of Aloy, and it's going to say proceed or no. And it's one of you. You guys know when this happens in video games, but this one really stands out. And you, you got to go, and then there is no turning back at that point. Hmm. So the story was great, and I, I gotta. I don't. I don't want to spoil it. It's too soon for that. Uh, but I'm super excited. Uh, my official my official score for this game has been updated. Uh, if it wasn't a ten before, it's a ten for me now. I think you were a cool. nine or a ten. I can't. Remember. I was. Uh, I was high. I think I was high nines. I don't know if I was a ten, but it's a ten now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's super. It was super good. But you, if you like those games, and we know we had like a a bunch of games that came out, uh, kind of all at the same time. It, and this one may get lost in your personal shuffle, but it didn't for me. And I just wanted to update everybody at some uh, point. Huh? I look, I look at it, and I'm just like, not right now. Yeah, Chris Chris beat Elden Ring and he was going to come back because he saw me like hard in the paint on it, you know? Yeah. And he was like, uh, I just, I can't right now. <laughs> you spend 200 hours in, in a world, you're like, uh, you know, maybe. Is, maybe is, we, your, is your official hours about 200 in Elden Ring? It was about, yeah. Maybe That's like crazy. 180, 190, somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, speaking of doing a 180, let's stop talking about Horizon and Resident Evil 8. Those are video games. And let's talk about something you, sir, watched. And and we're not even going to talk about yeah. the thing. Yeah, I want to preface this. I watch the Oscars every year. John will back me up on this since as long as he's known me. I watch the Oscars. I'm pretty good at predicting them because it's not that hard if you really know how the Academy acts. Got it right this year. Literally watched the winner for Best Picture on Sunday. Um, and as soon as I watched it, I was like, yeah, that's going to win Best Picture. There was no doubt in my mind. Really good movie, but not my favorite. But uh, yeah, it was uh, an interesting night. Definitely, what did I miss? <laughs> definitely the most I've heard people talk about the Oscars in a long time. That's because it's uh, no longer legitimate. Mm. Uh, but for the most part, it was outside of that event. That took place. Um, what happened? Yeah. Well, you can go read on the internet about that. Um, <laughs> oh, so you're you're just talking about the vanilla Oscars? That's yeah. All you're I don't do. I don't care about right. what some man does when he gets upset. You know, whatever that happened, it was a thing. Um, there's plenty of commentary on that, but you know, I uh, I have to say I was a little disheartened watching the show just because. I feel like as long as I've been watching this, it's like there are now two sides to it. There's the actual Academy and them doing their job, presenting awards. Mm-hmm. And then there's ABC sitting back there and going, how do we get back to 1999 and get 30 million people there? And they're doing all this gimmick and stuff that is ruining the show for people like me who actually care about it. Right. Like you actually like watch these things. I'm like, I want to see great films and, and great work get rewarded and you know hope for over the course of two to three hours i get a couple of genuine moments and there were the those existed in there right quest love uh who's in the roots and all that he won for best documentary he did a passion project about uh the summer of soul about all this 70s funk music and stuff like that and you could tell it meant a lot to him and he was very choked up gave a great speech with his mom watching um for me, I've always said Kenneth Branagh is like 
probably my, one of my favorite British actors out there, not named Daniel Day-Lewis. And he has been nominated. This was his eighth nomination. Finally won. Did you cry? I, I did. I was so happy for the guy because, you know, he's anyone who, if you do not know who he is, probably the only thing you know him from is being Gilroy Lockhart from <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, but for me, he's he's the greatest British actor that does Shakespeare. You know, his versions of Henry V, Hamlet, Othello, they are above everyone else. Uh, there's just no question about it. And I don't think anyone in England's debating it. Um, but at the same time, the guy who from Coda, he won. Uh, first deaf actor or deaf actor to win an actor award. Of course, Marlene, uh, I can't remember her last name. She won for uh, the actress award way, way back. Uh, and that was a very touching speech. Those are the moments that I really like about the Oscars, right? And make the show great. Instead, what I got was a bunch of terrible, like setups of like them doing gimmick comedy, you know, and it Mm -hmm. drags the show out and maybe about one of the five of that they do hits and it's cringeworthy. And then uh, they did this new thing this year where they decided that, oh, we can't do a popular Oscar because people got pissed off about that, rightly so. So instead, they decided to do Twitter polls. And someone never never told them how Twitter works, which is basically you have fandoms that if they learn there's a poll for something they can vote for that involves their fandom, they will flood your things. So we got the most exciting moments of movie cinema history, right? They did that. That was one of the polls. What do you think would be the top one in today's day and age? Like if you're thinking of like big action moments in movies, just, just take a guess. Gosh. Um, I don't know the big action moment. Oh, yeah. like, uh, Marvel Avengers. There you go. That was number three. That was number yeah. three, you know, Avengers assemble. Number two was from no way, uh, or far from home or wherever it was called the, the new Spider-Man movie. I'm sure you could probably figure out what moment from that without spoiling it for those who still have not mm-hmm. seen it. Would that be was from a good there. moment. But the number one, and this started a trend for the night, was Flash entering the Speed Force from Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> because basically all the Zack Snyder fans went on and every single one of these polls flooded them to make sure that Zack Snyder won. They had their vote for movie of the year. You know what the movie of the year is, according to the fans of Twitter? Apparently it's, uh, what is it, Army of the Dead that came out on Netflix. Um, so, you know, that's what was there and it's just so bad. It's so cringy. It's so Chris does not uh, like hearing the voice of the people. It's not the voice of the people though. You're right. I I would expect the voice of the people to say Marvel. I I have no problem with that. Right. You know, I I would not have been shocked if you said, what's the best movie of the year? Everyone say Spider-Man. I'd be like, of course they're going to say that. I mean, movie made $2 billion. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's just, uh, it's really bad to watch, but I would rather they go to a more traditional format, worry less about how many people are going to pull in, adjust their expectations and do more to just highlight great cinema. Because I think the best thing they could do for cinema when they do this every year is to basically have a situation where someone is flipping through and they catch a scene of a movie they have no idea about. And that scene piques their interest and then 
they go to a streaming service or wherever, and they actually check out the movie and they find something they didn't know or had any idea about and give it a shot. And there's a bunch of movies that would do that for you this year. I have a question for you, though. Sure. If all the people who mm. spent billions of dollars <laughs> watching a movie say it's the best movie, mm-hmm. is it not the best movie? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think the people watched it. Let's put it this way. I don't think people, if that was the case, and that would say McDonald's is the best food on the planet. If the people <laughs> say it is, and they're in numbers. Yeah. Well, it's like, it not? it's like some people discredit the people's choice award at the game awards. Mm. You know, if they pick ghosts of Tsushima over, over last, I, I guess they picked it over the last of us part two, which probably was, I mean, I have, I, I personally take no beef with that. Um, but he sounds delicious right now. Yeah. I'm so I'm so hungry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. It, to me, like these awards, it's like it's about peers recognizing, hey, someone doing something that it's is, self-flagellation. Yes, we. Yeah, it's the peers. Well, it's important it's, in the industry recognizing the goodness that the peers did. It's like that's what I take. From it, it is not. It is. It is. It is. It's it the is, peers. And it is Will Pierce. It is Will Smith spending a decade lobbying to get himself an Oscar. That's what the Oscars are. To some extent, you're right. To some no, no, extent. no, 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 not to some extent. Not always. <laughs> let's be real. This is just. I mean, I love it when people say "let's be real." It's a pet peeve of mine. So why did I just say "let's be real"? Because you're a pet peeve. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't mind that the best. I'm a film, pet peeve. The you're best film. Peeve doesn't always win or whatever. I think the thing I've always said is that usually the best film more often than not is in the nominees. And that's, that's you're not what talking like. about 1976. Are you? No, hmm? he might be. I don't know. No, somebody in chat earlier on, on Twitch brought up this and I, this really did bother me because mm-hmm. I watched both of these movies way back in the day, late nineties, saving private Ryan lost to Shakespeare in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great example. That I found that as a complete travesty. Yeah. But at the same time, Saving Prime Ryan also did get honored that night. Like Steven Spielberg I, I, won that I get director. it, but man. Um, and, and that's kind of the same thing here. Like, I got why Coda won. It's uplifting. And honestly, I think the Academy Awards will never give a best picture thing to Netflix, which Power of the Dog probably would have been the front runner if that had not been the case. Um, but that's just the way it is, you know voters like to have something that grabs them and is not too controversial um and is not from netflix <laughs> and that's what you got this year but on the other hand i've seen you know i've seen years where i think the best film has one and i've seen years like i said i think more often than not i can look at it and go okay of your seven films i would probably have four of those in there anyways as far as what i would consider in the conversation so i listen to a a radio show from time to time when i can at least on sirius xm it's the bennington show the main Mm -hmm. host is ron bennington it's also his daughter but they were talking about the controversy that happened the that shall not be named and then he said but to spice up the yeah to spice up the oscars they should do this first off it's not 1927 anymore Mm -hmm. let's cut the gender let's let's have a best actor right and then you go well wait a minute there's a bunch of all of a sudden actors now let's let's make it the best actor under 40. So now there's a whole list of young actors who deserve it that wouldn't get it because old actor who's been in the business for so long is going to finally get his and then have a best actor over 50. 
Um, I think those are some pretty brilliant ideas, and maybe the academy kind of does try to shake it up. But like I've heard that the three host thing complete fail. It I didn't did. really watch them. It, it worked. So. It didn't work because really it works best when you just have one host and they come up there, they do their ten minutes of stand up, right? They roast Hollywood, have fun with it. And then their job is basically to come back and do a couple of intros. And if something weird happens, parry off of it. Like one of the best hosts out there was John Stewart one year. And the reason was most memorable line to me was him coming up and he was like, so the, for those keeping track at home real quick, that's three, six mafia, one Oscar, Martin Scorsese, zero Oscars, you know, yeah. like things like that where you're like, cause they gotta stay fly. Uh, it uh, it uh, works, <laughs> you know, things like that's that. A, but that's a three, six song, John, you probably, it's, it's probably fine. So you did mention intro right there. And that last, uh, that last part, uh, and just to remind everybody, this was our intro. If you tuned in and you're like, this is not about video games, lies. John and I talked about video games. Chris talked about movies. Just want to put that on the record. It's fine. Hashtag derail. Hashtag derail. Uh, but we appreciate you listening. And now, if you want to stay tuned, we are going to our topic. Right, boys? Is that is that right? Do we have any last words before? We're good? Ladies and gentlemen, I can't stop laughing, but welcome to our, what is this? This is our official topic time is what this is. Uh, and if, if you actually listen to the entire recording up until this point, thank you. you. You've had the full journey with us. If you just skimmed right to this topic because you wanted to hear it, hey, you took a shortcut. You got here. Why was I laughing? Well, if you'd be on twitch.tv, you would have saw that maybe next time, huh? But now sense. I shut up and I let Chris do his thing. And that is to properly introduce our topic. The topic is. Tune in! <laughs> it's a little Ladies harder when it's only one word. <laughs> Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, that uh, that that burns thirty calories for Chris. Just so dude, you know. that's my workout. The way, jo- the way John looks at you when you do that every week, it's just this. It's because it, we can't hear it. It it peaks out for us. So. <laughs> sure, but it, it always comes through on the recording. So life's good. Sure, it yeah. reminds me of um. I feel like uh, in almost famous, the band manager. When every night he has to go out there and introduce the band, and it's like this is my one moment he's always like ladies and gentlemen still water you know that's really really <laughs> fun. that's what awesome. i go for yeah uh so yeah tunic ladies and gentlemen i i for one can't believe it's real let's be honest with that uh i can't believe that we're gonna be able to talk about it um i can't believe i've played it not only did the game how long ago did we see this game, John, Chris, when we first saw it at E3 and we were like, ooh, 2018, I think. 2017. And I believe it first was seen at festivals like, you know, like uh, Penny Arcade and all that mm-hmm. as early as like 2015 is what I've heard. Like the first time That's people. Ins- we were just, I remember it. us on this show being excited that we saw this little fox 
running around in a tunic, and it looked very, as we called it, Zelda-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and then all of a sudden it kind of went away, and and it took a while to develop, and that's probably because when I look on the official page for Tunic, there's one developer. It's one guy. Andrew Do you know his something. name, Chris? It's Andrew something because I just yeah, I beat the game Andrew, earlier, so I saw it pop yeah, up. <laughs> Andrew Schuldice. Yeah, Schuldice. I don't want to mispronounce it, but it's one guy. Mm-hmm. He's the programmer. He's the designer. He's the artist. There's a couple other artists with him. Yeah, uh, he's the writer. So like, yeah, this this is probably why it took a, it took a minute to get it to us. But uh, you know, we we Chris and I were excited because one the uh the demo came out and we got to play the demo and we quickly realized this ain't no like easy zelda there's a little bit of it's something going uh, on here. yeah it's definitely not the easiest game you're ever gonna play then we got that from the demo so then the game comes out uh we get the release date officially and chris i think you were the one maybe chat i can't remember how i found out but you were involved either by confirmation or first but the game came out on Game Pass, so that was a bonus. Yeah. Um, and as soon as we could, Chris and I promptly downloaded this game. And, and yeah, as he just mentioned, he's going to have a lot more to say today. He beat the game earlier today. Uh, and it was funny because I was on a boss, and I'm, I'm uh, we're going to call it uh, mitching and boning. Wait, what? That doesn't sound right. I just inverted letters, ladies and gentlemen. I was not having a good time on this boss. And then subsequently, and he'll get to tell me one day when I beat the game, he was not having a happy time doing something as well. But uh, he got through it. So kudos to that. So Chris has now beat Elden Ring this year. We're going to continue to say that because he is the only one of us three who's done that. Uh, and shout out to our our real life friend who is never going to beat Elden Ring. No. Uh, ever, because he's the worst gamer ever. Uh, secondly, he's beaten this game which is, I think, a treat because the game, when you look at it, you think it's an isometric Zelda game. There's a fox. Got a sword and a shield. It's just Zelda with a fox. Well, uh, much to my dismay, it's got what they call a, uh, you know, the Souls games. It's got a little bit of that mixed in there, a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, kind of riff on on the setting, Chris, and and kind of what we got into and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so in this game, you play a nameless fox hero that simply awakes on the beach. Um, kind of is just lost, doesn't have anything at first, goes into a cave where he finds a stick. <laughs> I am riveted so far. Right? Um, and kind of goes on this journey to kind of piece together what's going on. And the way the game works is is it's isometric, right? So you're consistently not able to see everything that's on screen, though you do have a couple of modifiers to tilt the camera a little bit forward if you need to. But you don't have a map. You don't have any direction or saying, accomplish this, right? You just will go up and you'll find things and you'll click and you'll see text and it will be in a weird language that mostly you can't understand but then there might be one little part that's translated that says like uh hero's grave or our house something like that you know and you it gives you an idea okay like okay this is this but it's not going into deep 
uh, detail. So what you find yourself doing these first couple of hours is kind of just exploring the map, right? And just seeing where everything is. And all of a sudden, you'll be like, wait a minute, is that a, is that a path right there that I'm just not really paying attention to? Mm-hmm. And you veer off. And all of a sudden, you see your dude's shadow go through and like you're going behind stuff you can't see. Or maybe the camera will twist and turn. You'll get a new perspective angle that you did not realize that there was something there. And you'll be guided somewhere. And you'll come up to another sign and be like, oh, Eastern Temple. And eventually, what you start to do as you're going around is one, you try not to die from the many enemies that want to kill you and are very good at it if you're not good at the timing. Right. But two, you start to find what are pages of a game manual. Which are, it's the coolest way I've ever been introduced to a game manual, ever. Yes. And the game manual is, interestingly enough, it's similar to those signs you're finding where not everything is like, written in English for you to read, right? It's a lot of the made-up language of this world, and every now and then you'll see key things like, hey, you know, you'll see the the three bars that you've seen on your on your lower left-hand screen be like, this is HP, this is stamina, this is magic. Maybe you find another page that says, if you hit this button, this one, you'll do a special move, right? And eventually you start finding map pieces, and you go, oh, look, there's my little my little dude on the map my and dude's on the map yeah you'll flip through and it will give you some exposition to be like oh well here's the map and what you what the hero should go try to do is to go here to do this so you go okay start exploring around next thing you know you're in a new region you find another piece of the map you start finding little fox shrines that allow you to heal yourself and eventually start to upgrade yourself right and it's a game that it's interesting because it never once gives you a waypoint where to go, but through these manual, like through this manual that you're piecing together, that is very much in the style of a SNES Genesis era manual, right? Think your classic. No, he, he said it. He said what? it, John. I had to. I never played a SNES game, so I don't know about these SNES manuals. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, but yeah, you hit that on the head right there. The games. We're calling it the instruction book that has kind of given us the game manual, but it's it's set up more like a strategy guide from back in the days. Mm-hmm. It really is. It even has like imagine when you were filling out your strategy guide to kind of hammer home what Chris just said, and you would circle, "I need to go there because that's where this thing is." It'll it, there's hints all all for you. It, it'll literally say you want to go get this thing because it's going to help you beat this guy. Yeah, and then it'll have a picture of said guy. You know, and turns out. That thing helps beat that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it, it's very much like uh, I was talking to a friend of the show, Jeff, about it. And he said it reminds me a lot of um, A Link to the Past in the sense of, like, buying that game. And you had, like, booklet, right, that would give you the map and, and things like that and little details how to play the basic game. But then you'd have another booklet that says do not open unless you're, you know, desperate you need help right yeah and it kind of feels like that like if you wanted book of secrets yeah you could if you wanted to if you really were adventurous and you know were willing to just try all sorts of different little combinations and things like that you could potentially beat this game without any ever once opening that guide i think it would take you forever 
<laughs> and you'd have to be the kind of person that would be like, well, what happens if I hold down this button? Right. Or what happens if I try like say the classic, you know, uh, Konami code or something, right. Just trying things like that to see what happens in the world. Uh, but for the most part, that's what this is doing. It's, it's guiding you without really telling you what's exactly going to come. And early on, people are going to feel those Zelda vibes because of this strongly. But I'll tell you now, there is a point in this game where it takes that Zelda formula and it starts playing with it and flipping it on its head. And it gets really interesting and really crazy. Like the back half of this game is just like the fact that one guy made this is blowing my mind. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the first time I played, um, well, it uh, took him eight years. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, what was yeah. the name? It was also an indie game, and it was like an 8-bit one where you were circling around and you would rotate. I cannot remember it to save my life right now, but it's that kind of creativity where you're just like, oh, this guy understands classic games and then has thought, well, what if you did these kind of things with it, right? Like, what if you took it to a new level? And it also gets to a point then where, as you go along your journey, you start finding more equipment, right? New equipment obviously opens up more traversal and, and options to do things uh, that you couldn't do before. Like, you know, being able to find a lamp is now going to allow you to go to, say, dark areas of the map that you couldn't navigate before. Or um, there's probably some classic ones from Zelda that you're thinking of that will allow you to reach certain ledges and stuff that you couldn't get to before. Were you, uh, were you talking about Braid a minute ago? Mm. Were you thinking of that guy? No, not that no, guy. Okay. This is like 2011-ish. I got um, you. Terraria? No? Not Terraria. Um, the guy quit making games because he got pissed off at people. He was making a sequel to it. The and Fez then, guy. Yes, that's what it is. Fez. Thank you, John. Nice. Good job, John. That's why. Because we were about to squirrel until we figured it out, I'll tell you that much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I needed to know what he was talking about. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, you begin to, to learn... Um, and the dynamic here as far as combat is it's pretty much set up from the beginning. Like combat is what combat it is, which is you get a shield, you can hold the shield up, you have a sword. It has one special move, but it's not like you're going to get a suite of things to do right as time goes on. Um, the thing that makes it interesting, though, as far as the combat is you do have a stamina meter, which you could turn on or off. There are... Th for anyone who thinks this is a Dark Souls game, there are assists in here if you need them, and if you or you just don't want to deal with things. If you want to see the story, you can see the story it is there. But most importantly, the stamina kind of acts as any time you roll in the game, you're completely uh, invulnerable, right? So, you know, you'll have an enemy who's got a big sword and is swinging down on you. How do you beat it? You roll forward, time it negates all damage and then you get behind them start messing them up right but the kicker is every time you roll that depletes your stamina bar so you have to kind of manage those two things um vice versa you have the shield that could block probably 90 percent of stuff but it doesn't eat your stamina bar and it doesn't really give you those opportunities as much to open up and do major damage on them so there is like a trade-off you have to kind of figure out where to manage those things um, yeah, I was I was today years old mm. when Chris told me, "Hey man, go check out those settings. You can turn off stamina." 
And the reason that I, I opted to do so, just to give you guys an idea, mm. no other point does the stamina really affect you except for boss fights. Yeah. Getting up to the boss fights, fighting everyone in the world, the stamina is almost a non-issue. Mm-hmm. Boss fight, it'll almost make you lose the boss fight because of how much more demanding they are. Second, because I was getting Super Zelda vibes, I started thinking about my friend Link. And I was like, Link can hold a shield, and it doesn't deplete stamina. Link can roll, and there's no stamina depletion. So with all of those things said, don't feel like you're cheating yourself out of this game if you decide to do something like turn the stamina off. I turned it off, and I still can't beat this boss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The boss battles are really... They're pretty awesome. As far as the gameplay, they are the standout moment um, by far. They are all very diverse. They take items that you pick up in the world, like, you know, bombs and such, uh, combined with new equipment that you get over time and really make use of them and kind of ask the player to think about where they're facing and knows like things like, okay, I'm hacking on this guy and it's not doing really much of anything. Why? Right. Is there somewhere else I should be hitting on them or, Oh, I just got this new, you know, staff, right. What happens if I use that on them and you go, Oh dang, that took off a huge chunk of health. Right. Sweet. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. Let me now, if I lose, let me go find like a shop person and get items to replenish. So I could keep using this staff and, and, do you know damage because if not you're going to be sitting on some of these fights if you don't figure out the gimmick for a good while being asked to be perfect the whole entire time but they are oh my god they're so good they're i mean i won't say they're on the level of elden ring as far as the scale and all that but as far as one guy doing this the artistic style yeah like in the fact that it never feels like you uh punk had said earlier he said the boss fights could be tough in Tunic, but he thinks they're fair. And I agree. They are. Yeah, that's, a, that's they're a, hard. Yeah, I agree. I, I never felt like whenever I screwed up that it was something the game did. I generally felt like it's my job. Like, first, it's like uh, there's a boss that shoots a huge beam at you and you need to know. It's like he he tells you he, he shows you he's powering up for it. So it's a you, boss beam. Yeah. Boss <laughs> so, beam. You know, you can, you got a couple of options here. There are pillars in the boss, you know, thing. So you could duck behind one of those, or you could do the other thing. You could roll towards him and try to get behind him, right? So that you're behind him when he's doing this. So, yeah. you know, you just have to think about those things uh, as you go through. But they're, you know, they do elicit that, that, you know, from software feeling where when you do accomplish them, um, you feel rewarded. Right. Uh, some will, I know the other part that people have compared to this from, from software is so there are shrines in the world. And whenever you rest at the shrine, it replenishes your health and your magic and all that kind of stuff. Um, but as a, the other side of it, it also refreshes all the enemies on the map. Right. Yeah. That, I was going to bring that up. I'm glad you did. Mm. That's more of a, is that not like a souls thing? It is. It's kind of, yeah, I feel like, cause I love this world so much. I mm-hmm. love the intricacy of it. I love the hidden, like Chris talked about earlier, finding these paths are so awesome. 
And and actually, when you start like at a spot and you make your way all the way around, and then you you realize, oh, cool, mm-hmm. now I have access to go back and forth as I need. There's, there's something very rewarding about that. Uh, I do. I don't like that. That I just killed this guy. I made it to the save point. Oh, but I wanted to go back. Oh, he's he's back now. Crap! I got to beat him again. That kind of sucks, but I, it is what it is. I think it's mainly in there as a mechanic because of the fact of the upgrade path is so basically it's a nameless coins that you're consistently collecting from the enemies and a lot of the chests that you're opening in the game, right? They don't call them rubies or, or anything else, but you're collecting that and you're going to need that for a couple of things. One, there are shopkeepers that you'll find in the world. That's that will sell you key items. Like, especially there's one towards the end of the game. This, this is how I know it's at the end of the game. I walk in, he's got everything I could ever want to purchase just in the game. Sitting there. I'm like, okay, we're, this is about to be go time. Okay, yeah. This is, well, this, yeah. you br- you bring up the the place from buying, and I I I literally ran mm-hmm. the first time I got to a place where I could buy something from a guy. Mm-hmm. This demonic giant monster comes at you. Yeah, it's just like just like the cheese, and you go, I can't take him on. But then you kind of like, wait, he's not fighting me. Oh, he's got some things I can buy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's very weird the style. There's a lot about death in this game. Um, but you know, at the same time, you also need the currency because that is, um, you find certain items in the world where as long as you have the currency to go with it, you can sacrifice them at these shrines, burn them in like the shrine pit and it will increase your stats like health, magic, stamina. Um, that's technically level leveling up. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, if you, if you didn't know that we're giving you a big piece of advice right there, Mm. uh, cause it doesn't, you don't really. At least I didn't, and I don't know if you did, Chris, if you remember. Mm-hmm. I didn't find the piece of the manual to explain leveling up. It was, at first, like, and I will say, I don't think it really explains it very well. Uh, it, it definitely was something I randomly found because I saw, it said, you should try to get to level three in your attack and defense, right? But at no point, so, and it was telling me, you need these things to do that. And I thought, okay, well, I have those things, so I guess that just means my attack is up. I didn't realize there was an upgrade mechanic. Um, and that, that that is where I will say, if you're going to have a criticism of this game, because it is obtuse and really is dependent on you reading this guide and interpreting what's in there, um, there are a lot of times where you are going to feel lost, I would say. J- just not sure what your sense of direction is, and you it, it it's kind of like being in the room with the light off, right? You're just feeling your way around trying to figure out what's the right thing to do and where to go next or what I'm supposed to do, such as, for instance, the upgrading. Because that was when I figured it out. That was when I figured yeah. out that something was wrong where I had three of the things that they said I needed to get my attack and defense up, and I go to fight this boss, and I'm like, I'm using everything in my wheelhouse, and this dude's not going down in any way uh yeah. you know it was like you said your wheelhouse all the things i'm just like going and he <laughs> right. just watches just like, like laughing tink yeah. <laughs> 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 no uh and you know it was there um as i was i just happened to be in front of a shrine right and i was opening up and looking at my stuff and then i was like wait there's a currency now over these things and that's when it finally clicked i was like okay yeah yeah. And you know what's crazy? Uh, you know how, like, if you you know me, right? 
I hate, I hate the from software from software style of fights, and everybody that plays them loves them because of the reward. Sure. After you finally, I I've beaten some bosses, and I'm like, I, I hate it every moment of it. That's just mm-hmm. the way I am. There is something uniquely to me rewarding about the difficulty, the being lost in this game, the unsure of what to do, but then overcoming an obstacle. It's a little. I don't know why it's different. Maybe it's because they've they've put a fresh coat of paint over it, and it's like Zelda, but with a fox. And I'm all of a sudden okay with it. Mm-hmm. But I do, uh, I do, I do like the challenge, and I'm glad we brought up the fact that it is important that you do level up. Mm-hmm. And there is only one way that we know of to level up, and I think that's the only way to level up. And Chris just highlighted it for you. So if yeah. you decide to play Tunic, heed our advice for that, please, because it'll. But, yeah. Um. But honestly, what makes this game special is the combination of level design and music. I think this is uh, one of the best. Far. This is one of the best video game scores, you know, like in a ever. Game. The fact that it's done by just one guy I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Really impressed. It it changes because it, you know, early on it's giving you that classic Zelda vibe, right? Trying to pull you in and and get those feels. But as you start to go to deeper levels of the game. It changes so dynamically. Dude, it's so it's, awesome. It's it's pulsing at times and it's really cool and gets you mm-hmm. in the mood. Um but yeah. and then <laughs> and then um and then coupled with the level designs, just just to see how cleverly they can hide a path from you and go, ah, like and things shift, or as you get new equipment, right? Being able to go and quickly figure out, wait a minute. I've seen that area over there. I know I was going to be able to get here. Now I can't. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's very impressive that one guy mapped this all out and it works very, very well. Um, yeah. Matter of fact, there's some hooks that I can't wait to find something to hook to them with. Cause there's some stuff I want. There's some, there's some treasures that lie. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, besides that, um, I would just say that I think the story, while it's not, it doesn't ever have a speaking part to it. Um, it's going to surprise you because it is like at its core, you think it's Zelda, right? Like you early on, you, you see this, um, you come across the spirit of this, of this female Fox that seems to be trapped. The ideas early on are kind of go. Hey, that's Zelda. Yeah. You know, like, you know, and that there seemed to be some sort of great calamity that has brought evil and, and trapped her and all that kind of stuff. You're trying to find three stones that presumably will help her be untrapped. Um, and, you know, you're the nameless hero that's doing it, right? That doesn't speak, just goes off and does these things because he's supposed to. That's what the hero does. Um, but as it develops and, and goes further and further in, you start to realize, man, there's a lot of evil stuff going on <laughs> in, in the underworld of this. And, and, um, and the last act of the game, I think, is going to surprise people. And it's an interesting take on, on I guess, playing on expectation or surplanting expectations, as they say. I don't know. Um, and... It, so I, it, it definitely increased my feeling of the game. Like as I got to the later half of this game, 
I went from a place of like, this is a good solid game to like, oh, wow, no, this is actually a really good game. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, you said that off air, like when we were hanging out mm-hmm. and, and you got me excited because you are mentioning how it changes. And I, I, I got hints of this ain't, I'm going to say it like this. This ain't no Zelda game. And I got hints of it in, in rooms that I've been in so far and things I'm doing. Maybe there's a, you know, of course, some influence from Zelda style games that this this person, um, Andrew has and Andrew Shouldice has, you know, obviously had through his mm-hmm. life. But dude, there's some really it's this game's awesome, and and I would be remiss if I didn't go back and just once again, guys, you throw on some headphones, and you have the visuals in front of you of Tunic, and then this music in your ears, it's it's amazing. It 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 vibes so well. I almost feel like at times they they time the music. Mm-hmm. Like if you're about to die, the beat starts beat. I, I don't know how to explain it. It's almost like it's timed with what you're doing. It's so, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I'll leave it there on that. But if, if you know, I always like to point out music. John likes to bring out fast travel if he can about a game. I'm a music guy by default. Chris, like a lot of times brings up story, which you're supposed to. John, uh, there is a form of fast travel in the game. A form of there's fast a form. Travel? There's a, just a form. I read about it. I'm out. It's free, John. You can play it on Game Pass. Game Pass is technically not free. <laughs> uh, the other good thing, if you um, if you have an S or an X, and you also want to play this on your PC, um, there is. If you're playing this on Game Pass, there is cross save. So you know you could sit there. And I've done it. Like you know, I'll I'll sit down in front of my TV playing on it and then next day i'm hanging out with sean and you know i just fired up on the pc and boom i'm right where i left it on xbox that's what dude i really wish more games that dude. game pass would do that i don't you know you know I, I i feel like if 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 you were rating what does sean like more playstation xbox nintendo you'd probably depending on how you ordered it probably put playstation or nintendo for me sure if you were doing power rankings on sean and the next Xbox would be third, but the way Xbox is flawless, there's an app on your PC that you can turn, go to it, turn on, and it hooks to your console and you're playing where you left off. Mm-hmm. If you miss Chris saying those exact words, that's what he said. And it is amazing. Then you turn off your computer and go back to your console. And then there it is. You're yeah. playing right where you left off. And not to mention how, how powerful the Xbox is and your computer's powerful. It it's the load time is instant and you're just right back in it, man. It's it's so cool. Yeah, and it runs like a champ. I mean, the game never once dropped below 165 frames, I believe, on yeah. PC. I, I, I haven't had any crashing issues. The the biggest issues yeah. I've had is just difficulty figuring out a boss. You know, mm-hmm. so I I don't have anything. Uh, if I say negative, like I know, like we we don't want to seem like we're homering you know, this game, mm-hmm. like we got paid to play this game or we didn't do anything like that. Um, well, Chris did. We know that. Well, I, I guess I would say, I think that the, the limited, the, the fast travel that I'm, I haven't experienced per se. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably to. not like, uh, I haven't had any AI issues. I did read beforehand that somebody complained about those. I was trying to see what people were saying about anything <laughs> like that. I think did you have anything else to add. No, I mean, I just, 
think it's a really cool little game to check out and it's impressive that one guy did this like someone i don't know if he just wants to make indie games that would be really cool and i would respect yeah. him for that but man oh man i would also if i was some video game company i would i would back up a truck and be like hey like, bruh well <laughs> don't i mean you want to come be our lead I, designer <laughs> i'm thinking i like people named andrew right yeah well some well you're right i mean i like i like andrew stanton he directed finding nemo right (laughs) (laughs) that's a pretty good movie that's so funny um john do you got any i know you've been any questions any uh because sometimes you you do you ask really good questions that spark our responses I've got no. really, I've got really nothing on this one. Um, I started, I, I played this for about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that I love the art style. Mm-hmm. It, it, there were point in the uh, beginning it probably gets a little bit, yeah. it, it, it probably gets a little bit more vibrant, a little bit more colorful. Way more. Very. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting very far into it and never finishing it. Well, there's a which is, like which just is sort example. of sort of my mo these days. So no, you're gonna get very far, and then six years from now, when Breath of the Wild two finally comes out, <sighs> you'll be like, "Well, guys, I gotta play Tunic first. I actually think Metroid Prime Four is gonna come out before Breath of the Wild two. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, John, there's this there's this thing you run by, and it's, it looks like a skull on the ground. Mm-hmm. It pops up, and it's almost like a bat. Mm-hmm. And then it does this tail whip. Wah, pow. Yeah, that was and a the, one. the color on that tail, the art, uh, it's it amazing. looks like a what? Yes. What does it look it, like? It, no, it looks not like what you think. I don't think, <laughs> right? But yeah, right. there's so many. It, it will definitely open up. You will enjoy it. You'll you'll get frustrated. You'll love the puzzles. Uh, you'll 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 want to know how to get to that place right there. You know, and when you figure it out, you're like, yeah, and it's it's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm uh I'm debating. I don't know if we're. It feels like we're at least see the sign for, for scores like Richard time. I uh I feel like I've played enough, but it's going to be a very tentative score if I give one. Mm-hmm. But unless you got anything else to add, I don't want to you know bum rush you know. The, no, I think that I, part. I'm definitely. See, I, I have this new idea. Instead of if if we've if we've gotten to a point in the game where we don't feel comfortable giving it a a, a, a lengthy Richard, we should uh, when we don't feel that, but we want to give it some sort of ranking. We should give it, we should give it the Richard's girth. Mm. You know what I mean? See how I, I it thought is you were going to say A, B, C, or D, that like an alphabet ranking. No, because if you're Resident that Evil, thing. Made, it's that an that S. Sense. That would make sense. <laughs> It made more sense. Yeah, let's let's so. let's do that. If we're not going to give a, we'll do A B or C D or A B C D F. Right? That's the school. That's the school. <laughs> I'm dumb. A B C D <laughs> incomplete. Yeah, there's because there's no E. There's no E. Yeah, in school you can't make E's. Well, you can in kindergarten. You make excellence. Ooh, Andrew oh, Andrew says uh, Acid has a good thing. Yeah, uh, good suggestion. He just he just if you're aroused. I'm a yeah. Is your Richard aroused by this game, Sean? Yes, that, that, that does work. Yeah. yeah, this is good. Thanks, Acid. Appreciate that. Yeah, like I'm, now, I'm, but I'm, if you were going to go on the arousal, are you like full locked on aroused, or are you like half mass? Yeah. So, 
If I was like it, you know, work, I wouldn't want to stand. You had a semi? I wouldn't want to stand up for my desk. Gotcha. Because somebody would be like, "Are you going camping?" And I'd be like, "You would Maybe. be like if someone came knocked on the cubicle." See John, a tent. Like if someone knocked on your cubicle and you had to turn around, you'd like drop your hat. First. Yeah, I'd be like, like, "I my hands are here because I'm covering this bad boy up." <laughs> <laughs> this bad boy, right? Anyway, um, so anyhow, you're uh, Sean. You're aroused. Yes. Um, Chris, do you have you laid down a Richard for this since you have finished it? Since you just oh yeah. finish. Yes. Uh, I would go with a nine. Um, My name's Chris. I finish games. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't play games unless I finish them. Kieran, right. our friend. I you technically didn't finish it because you didn't platinum it. <laughs> nice. It did tell me afterwards because there is a true ending, I guess, but it requires it requires you to get every page of the manual, which I only have eight more. So I guess I could do it, right? Um, but then where are they at though? <sighs> That's a good question. Right. Where where are they at? <laughs> How would you know? How would I know? Um, but yeah, <laughs> no. Uh definitely a nine. I think it's probably the best indie game that I've played in some like true, you know, you could say this is like one man's work, right? Type thing that yeah. I've played in some time. Um and as I said, like if I don't care who it is, someone needs to snatch this guy up and just make him a lead designer. I, I wouldn't say game. he should be project manager or anything, but like just be like be the executive the director of the game, right? <clears throat> the level designer and all that. What are your ideas? What kind of game do you want to make next? We'll finance it and we'll make sure that it's managed well, right? Like, I think he could do really great things because this dude is very, very talented from what I've seen so far. He's probably like 60. He's been working on it. There you go. Full endorsement from us. (laughs) And by the way, if you got an Xbox, download it. You got Game Pass. Play the game, you know? Please. Except for for if you're John and you still ain't got a Series X for whatever reason. But, hey, uh, Mm. great, great Mm. time. I'm glad I got to play it in great words today on it, Chris. Or and we're we're, we're pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. We're good to go. I think we're good think to we're go. Good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoyed that topic this week. Stand by for what do we do next? News. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. Hey everyone, this is Rob and Jay from the Classic Gaming Podcast. We uh, play and talk about old school video games on our podcast. I know you probably couldn't have guessed that from the name of it, but uh, as for me, I tend to prefer the old, the good old point and click adventure game genre. I also like strategy games. I play a lot of a wide variety of stuff. Uh, uh, as for Jay? Yeah, I'm really partial to RPGs and RTSs, so things like Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger to that of StarCraft or Age of Empires. Um, generally at the podcast, we try to stay on topic, but we usually end up going off on super, super far tangents. Give us a listen over at the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can also find us at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. And uh, we hope you check us out. No! <laughs> yes, I know. I know. Once again, we come off of a break giggling because of how funny Twitch chat is. Um, but yeah, this is a new section. And because John didn't get to talk about Tunic, he is going to talk about the first piece of news, which happens to be. Nacho made me just almost ruin my equipment. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's, it's almost the most important. It, I think it is. I think it's, that, I think 
Yeah. And that's why I've been asked to Cronkite it. So here we go. <laughs> we have an all new PlayStation Plus, ladies and gentlemen. It's broken down into three tiers. Let's talk about those. Take a journey with me. Sony has finally revealed its Xbox Game Pass competitor after much speculation. Here is how the three tiers break down. First, we have PlayStation Plus Essential. This is currently what we have, PlayStation Plus subscription that currently exists with no changes to prices. It includes two monthly downloadable games, discounts, saved game cloud storage, and access to online multiplayer. Let's diverge. PlayStation Plus Extra. This is so extra. The extra tier includes all essential benefits and adds a catalog of around 400 PS4 and PS5 games that can be downloaded at any time while you're a member. First party and third party games are included with no ex- with no new exclusives, but no new exclusives, sorry, will launch into the surface, uh, service. The cost is $14.99 per month, $39.99 quarterly. And finally, PlayStation Plus Premium. Premium will include all essential and plus benefits and adds 340 extra games to the catalog. So they should have called it Extra Extra. (laughs) Um, This will include PS1, PS2, and PSP games for streaming and download. PS3 games will also be available via streaming. Thanks, Bluetooth. Or cell technology whatever they call it cell technology Mm -hmm. streaming can be done via ps4 ps5 and pc premium members will also have access to time limited trials of some games the cost is $17.99 per month $49.99 quarterly first party titles at this time will not be available at launch and then we added uh we need to include a quote with this which i'm pulling up now bear with me Mm -hmm. this is from jim ryan quote We feel like we are in a good, virtuous cycle with the studio, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. Quote, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle. (laughs) This is kind of funny. And we think our gamers like that cycle. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you now. He continues, in terms of putting our own games into this service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past. And it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. So he seems to definitively say this is not going to happen with new games. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make, a PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. Uh, The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible. And we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. Am am I crazy or does my current PlayStation Plus membership already cost $14.99? No, it costs $9.99 or $60 a year. Okay, yeah. I buy it yearly. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think here you can, one of the big differences with this, I know John put the quarterly, but like if you want the highest one, I think that's $120 if you sign up annually uh, for it. And the other thing, I didn't clip it for John, um, but he does suggest like, hey, even though I'm saying this isn't the case now, you know, things can change, right? He he definitely said, like, if you'd ask us four years ago, for instance, 
he kind of says like i would have told you i could never imagine us putting our games on pc but now obviously we've been doing that and it's been a really good thing for us so i guess you know he's definitely open to if the market dictates right that this is the path they should go down something could happen eventually at some point but it's definitely not something that's in their immediate plans to start putting uh their exclusives on the service day one yeah i mean i'm tempted to uh jump onto that premium bandwagon Mm. what is the premium annually 120 i think not bad no i mean it is cheaper in game pass because game pass you cannot do uh ultimate you could not do um a yearly subscription it has right to i gotta monthly. pay for that's what i'm thinking of that i pay so, monthly for so you're telling me mm-hmm. that they that if you if you sign up for this annually you'd be saving 80 dollars. yeah i mean it's the same way now with regular playstation plus right because you think about your pay if it's 9.99 a month but yeah. we can buy it for 60 yeah you get half mm-hmm. off um yeah, if you buy it and mm-hmm. always wait till black friday get that card son you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. i guess yeah i don't know it's just um, a, that's just a lot of money to throw down the trash bin um yeah. for an annual subscription when they can be getting a premium price 200 i mean would people pay 200 dollars a year mm-hmm. with a guarantee that you get to play horizon whatever's comes next or the next last last of us or uncharted or whatever on day one for free quote unquote would people play a would people pay a premium price for that? And, you know, it, it's, you know, we've talked about this before with Xbox. Xbox can afford to give their games for free, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. PlayStation can't, at least now. But, you know, if they do eventually put the God of Wars into the, in, into this is, this is free with this subscription, it, I can see them only doing it with the premium package, um, the, the, the third tier. I don't see him doing it with any other one because they wouldn't be able to financially justify it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there comes a point where the money matters to a company like PlayStation, um, not to, not to Xbox. They can, they can burn their money <laughs> and, and get away with doing it, which is pretty much what they do with, with, with Xbox game pass to some extent. I know Phil said that, I mean, just going off what he said, he said they are profitable. Um, so I don't know what that means for them right how Mm -hmm. or why if it's just like hey based on (laughs) what people who have game pass spend we're not losing any money on them because they will play all the games (laughs) that they play here and they'll still go out and buy other things that are not in game pass on day one right and we're we're doing fine there i think the thing i want to know with this because you're saying there are first party and third party games that are included right and they did hint like it sounds like Miles Morales is going to launch day and date with the service and also um, Returnal, right? Which were obviously probably their two biggest games from the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. I would like to know, is it going to be a thing where if I bought PlayStation Plus Premium and I'm looking to save some money in terms of instead of being able to buy all these games that you could tell me, okay, <laughs> For if I go for the premium four months after release or six months, wherever it is, the game, any PlayStation exclusive is going to come to the service. And for those who do PlayStation Plus Extra, 
it will be a year after its release. It will come to the service. Like that would be a nice thing to know. And it might then make it a little bit more appealing. Maybe not for me and, and us here because the podcast and all this, but I could definitely understand someone with limited income going, I would much rather pay you guys 120 bucks a year for my online gaming and know that, you know, yeah, I have to wait, but eventually kind of like, you know, having Netflix or, or Disney plus or something, the, instead of going to the theater, to see the movie, eventually it will come to the service you, and I'll be able you to wait, watch it. You wait 45 days and it'll <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, kind of like the Batman's going to come to HBO max Correct. next month. Yeah. I expect it to be a longer <laughs> tale just because of the way games are right. They're going to, well, most games sure. are going to win. Most games are going to make all their money in the first two weeks. You're I think right. PlayStation games are a little different. I don't know. And Nintendo games are obviously different because they have a long, they have a yeah. longevity of profitability, but most games <clears throat> based on the numbers uh, are determined to be successful um, in the first two weeks, except GTA, <laughs> but that's not a segue. Don't worry. Um, Sean, is this dead on arrival for you or are you intrigued in which uh, tier? Uh, for me, it would have to be, it'd have to be premium. Um, I would want to see more AAA titles. I think that that makes it a home run, but I can't help but think Sony found a way. And I don't mean in a way, I mean disrespect, but not really bad disrespect. When I say this, they found a way to Sony it up. Yeah. That's the only way I know how to say it. Well, it's that Uh, PS, it's that PS3 thing for me. They haven't figured out how to download those games for you to play. You just have to stream them. And I just think that the technology, you know, they didn't have the hindsight when it came to the PS3 you because of what the technology is behind those games i just i don't know i I guess there's just not a way to do it they i'm sure they've i'm sure they've spent resources trying to figure it out oh yeah and if and if cerny can't figure it out then it probably can't be done (laughs) just just like call phil and be like bruh fire somebody so i can hire them so they can tell me how y'all do it well no i mean it's not i mean what was it 360 was a pc based Mm Uh, console, but that PlayStation Three was a was a what do they call it? Cell based technology. It was completely. I know it yeah. was completely different. I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not mansplaining to you, Sean. I just I know no. I currently it's funny because I have a second. I guess I got two during Christmas. A mm-hmm. second PlayStation uh, Plus yearly card that I haven't used yet, and I've already got my <laughs> other one that I've used, and I don't have to re up yet. Can I have it? Uh. Friendships cost money. If we go to Chipotle, <laughs> you also asked for my uh, like Altair and Ezio pops and Thrawn. I mean, you just asked for things, yeah. You know, you got because what, D- DJ money. <laughs> I got a I got a big uh big event this weekend. I'm nervous about. Oh, um, huh? Did y'all say anything, or am I hearing things again? No, no, I just said, uh oh. Like if I was alone, living single, and scared of ghosts. Speaking Weekly of living old man chat, single, which was right. a John, great show John on just, Fox. Remember that show, Living Single? I remember that show. I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Uh, mine. What you it's it's mine. Yeah, you ran over the the pivot and backed over it, and pivots are stupid. With the, your face is stupid. With the recent acquisition of Haven earlier last week, it's clear that PlayStation is pushing toward the live service space. However, PlayStation wants to ensure everyone that they are continuing to produce the single player experience. Just them. Okay. <laughs> According to Herman Holst, 
This is a quote. Obviously, we'll always carry on making these single-player narrative-based games, such as Ghost of Shima, <laughs> The Last of Us, and Horizon Forbidden West, Cody. But you spotted correctly that we have invested in live service games because that's incredibly exciting for us. It allows us to build larger worlds. It allows us to create really meaningful social connections between players. End quote. Boys, thoughts, prayers? Um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think Jade Raymond really got inside their head, didn't he? Right. She, well, this, she's this, a, dude, she is amazing. This goes back to the the Destiny or Bungie purchase, right? That's the big one. Obviously, they they know they need another revenue stream, but yeah, I I don't think anyone's expecting them to suddenly stop making Spider Man, right? Like, why would you? <laughs> That's money. That's so much money for them. So, I, I I definitely expect that we'll continue to see. You know, probably one every eighteen months. Uh, for at least the life cycle of the PS5, it will be more interesting when you hear these kind of things where you go, what does it look like five, six years from now? Because if if it is something like where they realize, oh, we really do need to go to something like Game Pass, like actual Game Pass, they might have to make the bulk of their business be live service games, which seems to be where Ubisoft is right now, right? They're kind of revamping and, and trying to change what they're doing with a lot of their brands because they just realize it's necessary to to survive in the current market. And it's going to be included in PlayStation Plus Extra. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of like Gran Turismo 7 probably will be. Would be a great game to be on PlayStation Plus's like premium service. Hopefully it is. Well, speaking. Well, let's... <laughs> and <laughs> I tried to participate, but you got shut down. <laughs> I tried to do the thing and then you Chris's Speaking of Gran Turismo 7, I'm going to mute you, boys. No one speak about it. Uh, I did. And you. Oh, I did. Did I? Yeah, I did. Nice. Polyphony. Polyphony. Whatever it is. Polyphony. 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 Yeah, whatever. Poly. It says poly. Uh, Digital has apologized for the shaky launch of Gran Turismo 7 and promises free credits and a considerable fix coming in the next month. Apparently, the developer reduced the rewards the players could earn after the release of the game, which gave many the impression that microtransactions were being pushed onto them. The community has not been happy with a cost upwards of $40 for a single car. The game was also unplayable for a day as servers went down following an update. $10 worth of credits will be given to those who played the game before March 25th. And to me, this is kind of like when we're talking about uh, games as a service, that seems to be what they're trying to do with this franchise, and it's pissing people off. (laughs) Yeah. If you spend $40 on a car in Gran Turismo 7... First of all, you and I can't relate. Like, I don't even know where that comes from. Yeah. Uh, second, if you decide to charge $40 for a car in a game, shame on you, Polyphony. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it is yes. Chris mute us now. <laughs> right. If you put a, if you put the two side by side, right. The Forza Horizon now in, in Gran Turismo seven, for those who have played those games, like, it's completely the opposite. That's what's probably really prompting this outrage. Like consistently 
Horizon is trying to give you currency and trying to give you cars and like, you know, going, oh, here's a barn find. Now you can go out there and get this other car that is really unique and cool, right? Whereas here it sounds like it's either grind, grind, grind till you eventually get enough to get the car or pay, you know, to get the one you want. That's never a problem uh, for, I would say, 99% of the cars within Horizon, except for like a couple very exclusive ones that are meant to be legendary and rare. Chris, you are legendary and rare. Mm -hmm. I don't like my Richard. GTA Plus is legendary, rare. Well, uh, Chris, you are a rock star. Well, I'm glad we didn't want to talk about, you know, Gran Turismo, Chris. You just said all the things, he and then you throw the pivot forward. out there because you're ready to talk forward. about GTA. You know what, John? I'm ready to now because Chris has ruined it. Ruined <laughs> just want to mute them so bad. Polyphony. That's going to be classic. That's going to go down in history. Got to go Thank on a you. shirt. Let's talk about GTA Plus. Rockstar has announced GTA Plus, a new, with these subscription services, a new subscription service for Grand Theft Auto Online, or Online, as Chris would say. The service will only be available <laughs> for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S versions and will launch on March 29th. The service will cost $5.99 per month and will provide subscribers with a recurring monthly bank deposit of GTA bucks mm. uh, in the amount of 50, uh, 500,000, sorry, which will also, uh, which will allow subscribers to have plenty of cash, cash. That's what I wrote in the open world. Other members only bonuses will include exclusive properties, vehicles, upgrades, discounts, and cash RP bonuses. This will also include unlocking gameplay updates that quote, you may have missed out on. Ooh. So what do you guys think about this? They have made, $13.5 trillion on GTA 5 alone. But no, no. They need more money. They need more. And people, the game's more. so good. If there's a little bit of enticing little nuggets out there for them, the people that play this game to latch onto, they're going to do it. But I agree with uh, our friend in chat here on Twitch TV. Psycho Retro says if you pay for GTA Plus, you're the problem. Yeah. I and mean, that's a plain and simple quote. It's. Five hundred thousand honestly isn't a lot in GTA. Right. Yeah, I remember you can make money quick. <laughs> yeah, you could you could start that game and buy a hundred thousand dollar card and it would be gone instantaneously. Yeah, it's just it I don't know. Uh I get it. It's revenue. Do they need it? No, they don't need it. They they really do not need it. But they're gonna take it because they're a bunch of if people. If you give it to them. Yeah, they're a bunch of people that GTA online is their life. And they're already giving them money monthly, so five ninety nine. Now they get a bunch more stuff, right? They're gonna buy into it, and I'm sure it will make them billions upon billions of dollars. As long as I get no, GTA they, six, hey, I'm happy. They said GTA five is no longer in the top ten. It hasn't been in six months. We have got to do something now. <laughs> I just want their GTA online money. Um Yeah, let's see you do this pivot. I'm not saying a word till you do it. Mr. Pivot McPiverson. You know, they, uh, they're definitely not going to delay this service though, but you really, you picked the, that, that one, you know, what is being delayed, Chris, I'll help you out on this one. Let's hope the subscription service isn't suicide for two gay games. <laughs> Water. What boys, you know what I'm saying? We're, uh, we're killing it. Suicide squad. 
Kill the Justice League has officially been delayed <laughs> to spring 2023. League. Creative director Sefton Hill tweeted, he John Twitter is, we've made the difficult, why did I do that? The yeah. difficult decision to delay Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League to spring 2023. It's going to come out before Zelda does. That's not in the news. I'm just saying it. I know a delay is frustrating, but that time is going into making the best game we can. I look forward to bringing the chaos to Metropolis together. Thanks for your patience. This new release window will make it approximately eight years since Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah. Suicide Squad was officially announced back in, you know, that year we all want to forget, 2020. <laughs> I'm guessing in part this is being done because they know Gotham Knights is ready to ship, right? And if you've got a Batman game this fall, you don't need both. So, yeah, let these guys take more time, which sounds like it's been a very hard process for them with this game, figuring out how to make it work. Um, but at the same time, you now guarantee that if you are really jonesing for a superhero game this fall, that there's no reason why you would not go get uh, Arkham Knights. We're getting, yeah, and you're getting, you'd be like me and you still need to play Miles Morales, you know? You should play that. I should play Miles Morales on my PS5. You I really, really should. Yeah. I really, but you know what? Chris told me today that they're making PlayStation 5 Pros and it really, I didn't tell you this. It, it really didn't set well with me. You um, did tell me. I did not. I don't know why you, me? Mike, probably Mike. Yeah. You told me it's a rumor for 2024. And that's yeah. ridiculous. Well, well, by 2024, it'll probably be more easily digestible for you. Do I got a heartburn? Like, what's happening right now? It's you know metaphor. what? I, it's I, a I, metaphor for processing information. <laughs> <laughs> processing information. You know what? I don't want to take this news story. The next one, you don't want to take it. Chris, it's yours if you want it. Go ahead, Polyphony. Amazon Games and Smilegate are considering Lost Ark for console if the demand from fans was high enough. Quote, if Lost Ark on consoles is something that fans really want, then I think it's something both parties would consider. Any future releases on consoles would be years away as there are no current plans in place. The game has proved to be immensely popular on Steam, so there is a good chance this could make the transition. Um, Dude, I, don't, I don't know how well... It- it would play fine. It would play, yeah. and I hate to say this, Blizzard showed the way for people with Diablo. True. This game, you can play it with a controller, and you don't run out of places for buttons, mm-hmm. and uh, it would make a lot of sense and money. It would be it would be solid on console. It yeah. It really would. I don't know if they'll do it. Um, Are you going to ever play it? I did play it for a little bit and I was lies. And then, you know, once I heard where it was going, I was like, I'm not devoting that much time of my life to this. Right. Because <laughs> it it's still an MMO at heart. And it seems like, I don't know, it, even though it did really well on Steam, it it's not completely trailed off, but it's it's died down. It's come back to like it's a normal place now, right? Like instead of it being like a million people are playing this, it, obviously there's been like <laughs> an exodus of a certain type of gamer that said, okay, I've had my fill and I'm not going to sit here and do this forever. And then you have your hardcore, like 300,000 people that are still playing this religiously every single day. Um, I don't know if console players would necessarily go in on that, but 
Put it on Switch. I, I think console players, like honestly, if they get a chance to get a solid experience playing an MMO, mm-hmm. they jump on it. Like console players on PlayStation played the you know what out of Final Fantasy. And back when it was on mm-hmm. Xbox 360, they played it there too. Like if it's, you know, it's almost like if you build it, they will come type thing for real. Maybe. Um, let's, uh, let's just sit here for a minute in silence. I'll tell you this. Some people might sue if, uh, they don't get, if we don't talk. Well, if we don't get lost Ark on console someday, I don't want a new lawsuit, dude. Speaking of lawsuits, (laughs) you don't have to say speaking of lawsuits. You could have went anywhere with it, but the beauty of it is that you didn't new lawsuit for Activision, meaning it's Tuesday. Uh, Activision Blizzard has been hit with another lawsuit. It alleges the company's, quote, frat boy environment fostered another, quote, rampant sexism that led to a current employee experience, sexual harassment and discrimination. I drunk read that and being retaliated against for speaking up. The employee is going by Jane Doe and is represented by Lisa Bloom for years. This is a quote from Lisa Bloom Bloom for years. Activision Blizzard's open frat boy environment fostered rampant sexism, harassment, and discrimination with 700 reported incidents occurring under CEO Robert Kodak's watch. The plaintiff served as a senior admin assistant to executives in the IT department. She was taken to an initiation lunch and was pressured to take tequila shots and was told by leadership to tell them an embarrassing secret. She also alleges being pressured to drink alcohol, participate in cube crawls, among other things, mm. um, cube crawls. Yeah, that's kind of hitting yeah. all the the greatest hits of the uh, California investigation. <laughs> in that statement, you saying she copy pasted? Is that what you're saying? No, I think <laughs> there. I I mean, I guess it adds up. <laughs> do you there, think? Yeah. Do you think Spencer's going? Oy. Yeah, like on, on like all the time at this point, it's just like, gosh. But I think the dichotomy I think, in in my point of view mm-hmm. and what they experienced, like I would, I almost feel like I would, and I don't mean this in any bad way at all. I almost feel like I would enjoy because I'm a guy, right? I would enjoy going to lunch, and my my guy would like, hey man, take a shot with me. I don't know that I'd like to have to tell a dirty secret, you know, or something that I don't need to get out there. But what the what is cube crawls? What is that? Apparently, that was where they would go around to cubes on like Fridays and basically pressure people to drink and party and, you know, um, would do some inappropriate things. Yeah, uh, that doesn't sound times. cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it sounds like something, honestly, that you hear out of Mad Men. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Like someone cool. pushing around the drink cart on a Friday. Because... Yeah. See, the lunch thing, I'm thinking of going to like a, uh, our local Mexican spot, having a margarita, maybe a shot of tequila, mm. having some good lunch, going back to work, and everything's good. That's not that's not how this is, though. That's, yeah. That's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not. That's not it. But, I know. Yeah, it's probably like uh, chat weighing in. It. it it's not really HR appropriate. No, no. <laughs> Turns out. Turns out. Well, we'll of course, uh, we'll keep you up to date on where this uh, lawsuit. Uh, and I do. We, can we all appreciate the fact that she named him uh, Robert Kodak? Right. I was like, who's Robert? Oh, Bobby. I like, I have, oh. oh, Bobby. Yeah. Bobby. 
So we made John read that one because we know how he gets when you bring up the U word. And boy, he the news team typed it very big with exclamation points today. So I got to read it like it's out there. Right? Go for it. He peaked on that, but might have peaked a little bit. But Microsoft has stated it will not stand in the way regarding the possibility of a union being recognized by Activision Blizzard. Microsoft respects Activision Blizzard employees' right to choose whether to be represented by a labor organization, and we will honor those decisions. This comment follows 15 workers at Raven Software signing a letter to Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella that asked him to encourage Activision Blizzard to recognize the Game Workers Alliance Union. I remember that. It sounds, we talked about that. Sounds like right now they're like, look, this is Activision. This is your problem right now. <laughs> um, and yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess they will deal with it when it becomes a Microsoft problem. And, you know, they're like, uh, uh, can you go ahead and handle that before you, you mm. come on in the house, please? And I, don't, that up. I don't think it's completely on like a foreign thing for Microsoft as an entity to be dealing with, uh, with unions, right? Just because of different types of workers that they have throughout their very large organization. Some are parts of unions. Um, and you know, so yeah, I don't think it's as big of a deal. Let's put it that way, but who knows? If, if Microsoft wants to bust up a union, they probably could. <laughs> John, any thoughts on unions? Oh. I love them. They're great. They're your favorite thing? Jimmy Hoffa for president. I don't know how to tell you this, John. I was watching The Irishman the other night. <laughs> <clears throat> look, mm. I am look, I am a capitalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a and a and a private company who wants to recognize a union, that is their business. That, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not mine. I just, I don't, I don't always think it, 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 it works out for the best for the employees. That's all. That's fair. It's just my personal opinion. Your two cents, if you will. My two Well, it's three cents. It's more like three cents. I think more valuable. Red more shirt valuable. underneath the blue shirt. It's nice. No. Thanks. Is that a, is that a, is it, they call it a gingham? Is that the, the fabric? I have no idea what you're saying. The, the style. No, it's called a polyphony. Mm. You're right. Good correction. Good call. Yep. Um, Chris, you wonder you why I have millions this, of dollars. This, this is, you got to call this. This is it. You got to do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Finally, this That's what you went with, huh? That's the way you wanted to do it. No, that, that's what three fifty gets. That was great, though. I should have shut up and let you just say no. That was right. great. Uh, the sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, called Ele- Breath of the Wild Two: Electric Boogaloo. I don't know. I ain't got a title. Ooh, that was yeah. a good movie. Yeah, uh, has been delayed to spring of twenty twenty three. Series producer uh, EJ Anuma. Oh, I don't know how you say it. Uh, announced and apologized for the delay in a video saying in order to make this game's experience something special, the entire development team is continuing to work diligently on this game. So please wait a while longer. The new footage. Wait shows, a while. 
The new footage shows the master sword in a uh, dilapidated state. With yeah, of course it is. <laughs> with Link appearing to attempt to repair and restore its power, he's you just know got why it's dilapidated because it broke in the first one. How does the master sword break? He's gonna. He's just gonna take some glue out. Just some gorilla glue, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just fuse it together with wood glue because he's dumb and he no, it doesn't work on metal. So it's going to break again. A few thoughts on this. <clears throat> it's possible. This is the, this is the least likely reason uh, because I don't think that Nintendo particularly fears any other developers and things like that. No, there is speculation that this is because um, Elden ring just blew it out, knocked it out of the park and maybe they want more time with it. Hmm. That's the least likely scenario. Um, this could be, that 4K switch we're waiting on. Who knows? Maybe it's actually going to happen. Um, and 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 thoughts on the footage of the game. This convinces me now more than ever that this is this is inf- this is absolutely tied to Skyward Sword. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he is he is he is. It looks like he's going around the land of Hyrule and above the clouds, repairing the Master Sword. He's standing in front of this fire. And there was a, in, in the game Skyward Sword, in order to upgrade or change this uh, goddess sword to the master sword, you see a lot of fire that flies into the blade. And he's standing with the blade in front of a, 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 a pit of fire. Um, so I'm just, <clears throat> number one, this is not the same link. I don't think it is. It, I think it's a hundred, I think it's hundreds of years later. Mm. But the, the new footage has got me even more excited. Um, take as much time as you want. Uh, this was, I was 37 when this, when breath of the wild came out and it looks like I'll be 43 when the other one came to, comes out. That's insane. That, isn't it? that means when the next one comes out, Sean, you and I will be 50 years old. I don't, Can you, I, I don't, we can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't know how I'm in my, I don't even 350th episode folks. I, it was a great run. We're pulling Take a Dave this, Letterman. Just, this is it. This is we're gonna and we're gonna do a separate podcast show where we just invite one guest on and they're gonna yeah. be big guests. I can't wait till episodes 800, 801, and 802 are in no particular order. Breath of the Wild 2, Elden or Elder Scrolls uh, 7, and GTA 6. And then probably the week after that will be Metroid Prime 4. So yeah. You know. And then we'll retire. That's, yeah. that's it. I play. <laughs> um I do have to say the while I don't want to see any game delayed, sure. I, the one thing that made me think about after I heard this news though is man, Todd Howard's gotta be happy because now he is officially the owner of the biggest game remaining for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, looks uh, like Moss it. Two comes out in a few weeks, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna blow the charts away, I tell you something. <laughs> I can't. I actually can't wait for that one. But yeah, you're right. Starfield. Yeah, I can't. It's gonna get as much hype as Elden Ring, man. It better bring it. Yeah, I can't think of anything that can compete on that. But I don't know. Maybe we'll be surprised. <laughs> Moss two, twenty eight million in two days. Everybody bought PSVR two. <laughs> Lord. Uh-huh. Uh, hey guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Do you want to wrap this up? Never. Just to be safe. I Come mean, on. we have done like 350 of these things. We probably should wrap it up. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, 
Electronic mail. Future. <laughs> All the way from the year 3000. So this is the uh the port the port the part of the, the show where uh, guess what? <laughs> Depending on how on how good it is depends on how you the listener you know, have prepared us for this moment because it's all about you. We start off with emails. We go to Twitter. We look at Discord. If there's no content, it's your fault. That's right. We're going to start off with emails. If you want to do that, if you want to send us an email, you can still do that, of course. Weekly Games Chat at gmail.com. We've got, it seems like we always have two we're going to read during the show. That's because we are awesome and we pick the two best. <laughs> so whoever wants to read these can. I have them ready to go. Here we go. You guys probably do too. Good evening, gents. Hey. Congrats on episode 350. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) This is email number two for me. The first being a few weeks back when we were getting all hyped for Elden Ring. Great coverage on the game, by the way. I'm over 100 amazing hours in and have zero plans to stop playing anytime soon. It might even pass Sekiro as my goat. That's greatest of all time, John. It uh, is. As a side note, I showed my fiance the episode where Sean read my first email, and I'm sure he'd be happy to hear her favorite host was that DJ guy. Hey, DJ you know I'm, I'm a little, I'm just going to delete this email. I'll, de- I'll come wherever you are. Wait, what? And Anyways, uh, congrats on 350. I couldn't help but send this. And I don't know if I should do this voice, but I could do this voice. But let's just say it's Chef's parents from South Park famously talking about uh, the Loch Loch Ness Monster. And uh, that Loch Ness Monster said, I need about 350. And that was about the time. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, I won't go any further than that. But he says, game on, guys. And that was from Owen. Game on Owen and what up to the wife, right. fiance. Sorry, not your wife yet. Films. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, we're at 350 episodes. We've been in like 348 of them. Wait, probably a little bit less because I technically like almost died. Well, just Chris so you know, ladies and gentlemen, while. it feels like 500 episodes. It feels like a, an eternity. Please release us. <laughs> I had more black hair on my beard back then. Dude, I'm yeah, glad start... you said beard. <laughs> I had more black hair on my. All right. This email comes from Juan. Juan. What's his name? Juwan. Uh, Juwan. Juwan. I like it. Well, I dodged a bullet this week, decided to wait on Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and good thing I did since I've been reading all of all the kind of multiplayer connectivity issues and servers being down. He's not I think finally, I think I finally realized that I should not pre-order any games and let reviewers and streamers basically test them for me first, unless good it move. is from a From Software game or a main developer yeah. party title like God of War. Hmm. saw sony's um intended tier list for upcoming online service and boy what a disappointment i guess a lot of people are about to find out that the snes era sprites can hold the test of time a lot better than the ps1 polygons 
I used to play a lot of older games, but since then, did I skip a line? No, you're good. No. Uh, but since then, I have come to understand that nostalgia is a very real thing, and most of those games don't look or play how you thought anymore. Right. So this holds no value for me, but I wonder if the monthly PS Plus games will keep getting worse, kind of like games with gold for Xbox. <laughs> Tell me about it. Right. I almost put the games with gold in the news this week, but it was pointless. Yes. Absolutely pointless. Yes. Please never put them in the news again. <laughs> Um, kind of like games of gold to force you into a higher tier subjectively still wishing good things for Ukraine and all yes. of its citizens and hope you guys are doing well. Also, I have a question this week, since we are looking at the older catalog of Sony, I'm, uh, am I alone in thinking that console generations are getting worse? Hmm. Yes. What I mean by that is the PS2 had a very diverse and fun library. The PS3 still had an abundant library, even though it stumbled coming out of the gate with its price point. The PS4, while it had good games, it lacked a lot of variety and innovation. Hmm. And so far, the PS5 has not impressed me yet. And with Sony pushing for live service games and not so much for single player experiences, really worries me as that is the main reason I own a Sony console. Right. I'm still salty that I don't think I'll ever see a sequel to Days Gone. Oh, tell me about it. Or The Order 1886. Tell me about it. And that I'll never see characters from my younger days like Nathan Hale, mm-hmm. Cole McGrath, uh, Nariko. Again, since every time I decide to care for a character, developers give them the axe. Well, you should care about Nintendo characters. That'll never happen. Right. Sony for the long email. Uh, sorry for the long email and hope all of you remain blessed and enjoy the rest of your week. First of all, you are not sorry for the long email. Yeah, we Stop appreciate saying it. it. Stop saying it. And we hope you're blessed too and enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. I I, I kind of, Chris kind of gave you a look. You didn't see it probably mm-hmm. uh, when you mentioned in your email that the PS4 lacked variety and innovation. Yeah. For me, I mean, that was the console that the PSVR kind of came out on. So there was a little innovation there. I, I, I see your point though. It's kind of like they care. It's almost like, you know, when you really care about something. You come out the gate with your best work sometimes. PS2, a lot of people have great memories about that. PS3 was kind of like that follow-up movie that kind of was like, eh. Plus, it was a tank. That thing was huge. Well, at least I thought so, too. I got a PS5. Mm. Uh, and I, I'm kind of with you. The PS5, I don't know how to explain it. It just hasn't. It has not impressed me yet, either. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I think it's too early to judge PS5. Um, well, and in a year, I got to buy a PS5 Pro, so <laughs> two years. <laughs> um, but so I, I mean, yeah, when I look at like a lot of variety and innovation with PS4, I kind of go back and go, yeah, sure, to some degree, maybe, but at the same time, you know, that's the generation that gave us The Witcher 3. Um, that's the generation, if we're just looking everywhere, you know, that's the generation of Breath of the Wild, right? Um, for those on nintendo and people who love the last of us uh you got at the beginning of it right the remastered version of the first game and then i think everyone would definitely say they went to a different level of what they were doing in the next one um i don't know i just to me there are a ton of more games now than there ever have been before right and as you said, nostalgia is a very real thing. And I, I think people sometimes don't remember. It's like, yeah, PS2 was great during that era, but like Nintendo was kind of like, you got a couple of games and that was it. 
Xbox, you just had Halo, you know, and that was it for that generation. And then you finally had the the damn burst and all those titles from PS2 that had been exclusive started coming to Xbox. It was a better innovation. You got more and more different types of games. First person shooters began to rule the universe in that era. And as we went to the next one, it felt like the single player game open world reached its height. Right. And, and really gave us experiences. I don't think we'd ever seen and were reoccurring at a rate we had never seen before. Um, for P- for PS4, I mean PS4, just that whole generation, right? Like I can't think of more uh, a generation with more open world non JRPG games, right? Well, uh, than the last. I one. mean, maybe that's kind of what he's saying. It's like, how many open world games can we get before yeah. we finally get something like Shadow of the Colossus, a Shadow of the Colossus like PS2? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I think honestly, when I think of PS4 and Xbox One, I think of I think of um, Fortnite. I think yeah. of these types of games that games PUBG. as a service and PUBG, all these, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. types of different uh, rocket league. I think of games as a service during the PS4. I think of destiny. I, I don't think of, I don't think of the last of us. I don't think of Bioshock. I don't think of, um, you know, I mean, you can take, you can make the exceptions like God of war with, with it's it, with the ability of, of, only from it but that's only really from a game it's almost like an invisible innovation with god mm-hmm. of war it's like it's if if nobody explained to you what the innovation was you wouldn't really know it mm-hmm. you didn't know you don't look at god of war and go this is different mm-hmm. you look at shadow of the colossus and went that's different you look i mean you go back to n6 i think the greatest console for innovation ever made was the nintendo 64 and it's my least favorite nintendo console because that that console was almost like a experimental box if you will that taught that pretty much bridged the leap to the next generation of 3d platformers Mm. i mean just there are more i think there are more important games on that system than ps1 personally but so i kind of get where he's coming from um maybe it's it's the expectation that it's easier to keep innovating right to get such like you're probably right john they get in the sense of the biggest innovation of the last generation was battle royale i agree with that that's that's easily the most that's the term i could yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's what you're looking for and i think before that you went to the previous generation and it was call of duty right just call duty duty. coming in and you'd had the hints with halo right and half-life and all but call of duty defined gaming to a point like just now it's slowing down Mm -hmm. um and things like that i just I don't know. Innovation, I I think it gets harder and harder. So now it's about smaller iterations, you know, to to improve the overall experience. And and as he said, like early on in his email, it's very easy to go back and have these rosy colored eyes of like, yes, this is like for instance, like when Gears of War Ultimate came out. You play it and you're thinking, yeah, this is just how Gears of War looked and played and felt back in the day. And then if you actually fire up the original game, you're going to be very, uh, you know, disappointed (laughs) of what the reality is compared to what you have now. Um, so that's, I think that's just where we're at. Like, you're not going to have some big leap again, like you had before. Maybe someday we will, but I just don't think it's, it's there right now. And in this sense of what gaming is. Well, Sean, what's a game that you've played over the past three generations where you said, 
okay, I've never, I've never experienced this before. What is this? This is new. Probably, probably call of duty. Don't say something VR. (laughs) No, I mean, it's got it. VR when they actually got it in our hands as on a Mm. consumer level, Mm. obviously since then I've been hooked. That did change the game. No pun intended. Changed. What was it intended? It changed the game for me. But like when I think of something that changed my life, my gaming life, um, it was a call. It was Call of Duty. Yeah, because I was playing SOCOM, uh, whatever SOCOM it was on PS2 online, and I was having a blast. And then all of a sudden, I get this Call of Duty game, and it was doing things. Which one? Uh, Modern Warfare. Modern, Modern Warfare. It? Yeah, that was the one I sold and then abandoned Sean on. Took me but weeks it didn't to matter. sell. It took Call me of, uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> Modern Warfare 2 came out, man. Come on. It took me forever to get Sean to finally buy in to get an Xbox 360 so we could play Call of Duty. And we played for maybe a week. And then I had been playing for a month at that point. And, and Josh went on to something else. Yeah, we went on something else. It's the one time I have Sean'd. Sean. Sean. Yeah. Sean, Sean. Right. I really did. I really did. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we also have, we're also on the socials. Uh, really just a social really uh it's uh, twitter uh of course you can find us at weekly games chat uh we've got three new followers we're gonna follow back real quick if you guys don't mind uh at chris underscore lajoy thank you so much for following us we're following you back thanks you are an aspiring writer and a senior government consultant oh. nice but uh at at chips groove pod thank you for the follow following you back and uh, at Danton Magus, 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 you guys help me out. M A G U S. Magus. No. I'm just not gonna say a word, are you, John? That's fine. Oh, we you I, back, don't, I don't know. I said Magus. Uh, and and dancing uh, Magus was with us today. Um, DM'd us and. Uh, let's see. They they they're starting up a new uh, venture. We'll get some more information. Oh, it was uh, the 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 Chips Groove podcast. That's who it was. Uh, cool. So yeah, we read your your DM there. Thank you for getting in touch with us and hitting that old follow button. We definitely appreciate it. And if you're wondering what's trending on Twitter, you can probably go look right. But guess what? It's the it's the Ukraine war. So thoughts and prayers out to those folks. Uh, Russia's saying it's going to do some things, and everybody seems skeptical of it. I don't know. Um, we do also have a discord. We highly, um, tout it as being the best discord community on the universe. Wait in the universe. Um, I've probably seen some that are at least as good, but we don't want to talk about those. Well, in this discord, we do have an email section and what is today's date? One week ago would be the 22nd. So anything after that is what we could technically read. Um, so it looks like as a new person, I think I've never seen this this screen name. Uh, Sparks 07 says, "What's poppin'?" Hey, Sparks 07. Hi. What, what up, Sparks? Um, and then this is funny because if you remember last week's show, John introed about uh, stall etiquette, mm. and uh, Punkhead wanted to know. It kind of depends on what's what stall are you in. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Uh, and th- that dancing Magus again says, Hey, also believe new to our community as well. Acid sugar, of course, um, welcomed, uh, as he normally does. Uh, psycho retros has a question for us. 
Oh, uh, it's probably going to be very insightful. I gotta be honest. He's a smart, he's a smart kid. Uh, howdy there gamers. My Hi. question pertains to 2022 games based on ridiculously popular IPs. I'm not talking about gaming IP. I'm talking about things with worldwide knowledge. For example, hard work, Hogwarts legacy. It was loosely set for 2021 before being delayed to a loose 2022. Now it's holiday 2022. Does this game get delayed into 2023 or does it hit for the holiday season? The second part of this question pertains to a game that seemingly everyone forgot about because even the publisher has ignored it. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Yeah. (laughs) According to the E3 2021 Ubisoft Forward, this game is coming this year. (laughs) But does it? I think... With both of those, I think originally the hope probably was that Hogwarts Legacy would launch with the new Fantastic Beast uh, movie that's coming. And since that's not going to be possible now, I'm sure that the hope is that when it launches on DVD and, and streaming services and all that, that it will launch then. You can be like, oh, buy in the first 30 days and you can have a skin that gives you an outfit just like Newt. You know, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, And I would think the same with the Avatar game, right? Like, whenever James Cameron actually uh, gets out of the ocean and cuts together this film, (laughs) um, you know, then uh, maybe that'll probably be around the time that the game needs to be done. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And finally, Nacho sent a meme about watching our tone and kind of giving us a uh, a slap. Something about Pokemon. I just, I can't with him, you know? I just, (laughs) I can't. What I will say, though, is, John, uh, I see in chat right now that Series Xs are in stock at Walmart right now. By the time you hear this on this episode, I can't guarantee it's going to be there. And that's, that's your problem. They yeah, seem to be I'm, pushing I'm, them I'm out. too I'm too broke for that right now. Aww. I will say I will say that GameStop is ticking me off right now because they also have it on their site, but in order to buy it, you can't buy it by itself. You have to buy you have to buy you have to buy a hundred dollar gift card to GameStop. You have to buy mm. four months of Xbox Game Pass. They they won't let you they, they won't let you they won't let it out the door unless you give a more direct money to them. It's just it's just so it's so greedy. Oh my god, that's so funny. Well, you know, they're only worth $164 now per share. Yeah. <laughs> what was I so mean, funny, Sean? Sorry. Oh no, no. I was gonna say I was doing the Oh, you're, gotcha. You're right. Yeah. I mean, that's you know. Ladies and gentlemen, you've you've witnessed episode 350 of Weekly Games Chat. We appreciate you, of course, through all of these episodes through the years. Uh, if you want to watch this live when we record, you can do so twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat like some of your cool friends did this week. Uh, if you want to email us, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at weekly games chat. Wherever you get our podcast, please leave us a positive review so your friends and other friends of their friends can find us. You know what I'm saying? Come join our Discord community where we have people like Acid Sugar and Draven there. You're going to have so much fun. Can't wait. Uh, I'm going to look at my friends, Chris and John, and I'm going to tell them both to game on. I love you guys. Game on, Sean. Game on, John. Game on, Sean. Game on, Chris. (laughs) Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box.
and Thug Life. Ooh, we got it. Perfect. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite video games? Like, how were they made and why were they designed a certain way? All of us as a team just start talking about video games. And so, what can we do to fix The Life and Times of Video Games has the answers to all of this and more, packaged in half hour audio documentaries that take you back to the past and loop you into the present. My name is Richard Moss. I'm a games historian and a journalist, and I hope you'll join me on my voyages through video game history. Find out more at Life and Times dot games.